0: Thanks for listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Our podcast has tripled in growth over the last year, and we'd like to say thank you. It's because of you we're growing. The great thing about the podcast is that we're able to cover some edgy topics and discuss them in a very real way without having to worry about advertisers. To keep it this way and to keep it growing, we're asking you, our loyal subscribers, to give. Give at least about $5 a month minimum. Become a Patreon supporter of GP3. We will shout you out and include you in upcoming monthly e-blast. And there's more to come. At least $5. That's barely what? Giving up two gallons of gas a month? Go to our podcast page and sign up. Click the link to support our podcast. You can do it. Here's the show.
1: Gmail.com. Send them feedback and they'll be sure to send a response I gotta go now, the show starts in 3, 2, one.
2: Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546 Follow us on iTunes, give us a 5 star Follow us on SoundCloud, GP3 Homies from the Block And now, here's Ran and Tommy B GP3, homies from the block.
0: Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back. GP3 round 117. Uh, we are back. And uh, if I've not had a chance to say Happy New Year in some form or fashion, either social media or whatever, Happy New Year to you. Hope you had a great festivity or activity or event leading into the new year. Uh, Randy's out this week. Tommy B's holding it down. First show of 2019. Thank you so much for joining me. And as we always do every single week, I want to give you all the GP3 story. Three members included in GP3, myself, Tommy B, Rand, who's out today, and Tut. Tut has retired from the show, but he's still kind of our member of maritime, however you want to say it. Rand grew up on a street near the Grove Park Elementary School called Elizabeth Place. Uh, Tut grew up on Charlotte Place, and I grew up on North Avenue. And of course, we all graduated from Grove Park Elementary School, the Grove Park section of the ATL. And uh, I often ask myself if um, Hillary had won the election in 2016 16 because we started the show August leading up to the election, if we would continue, if we would have continued the show, and, and probably not, because as soon as we, um, we 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 kept the show going, there was just so much every single week, and it's, con- it's kind of continued since we started in 2016. It's that time where where we typically do shout outs. Rand does the bulk of the shout outs. Just a couple of notes in history. Uh, If y'all are are geeks like me and you follow gadgets and things like this, 1940, uh, back in 1940, the FCC heard the first clear transmission of FM radio. Um, I know y'all love sports. 1957, Jackie Robinson retired. And and of course uh, his legacy has been made uh, continues to grow with the the films and and all the different things that uh, that that grow his legacy Jackie Robinson rest in peace uh, 1971 Sonny Liston was found dead and y'all know the the famous Sonny Liston I think uh, Ali gave him the nickname the bear because he always gave people he gave George Foreman. The nickname, the mummy, but I think Sonny Liston he called the bear and talked about how ugly he was. But back in uh, 1971, uh, authorities found Sonny Liston dead at 36. And the amazing, crazy thing about this is that he had been dead for six days. And there were always rumors in the boxing game and with Sonny Liston and some of these guys, Floyd Patterson, some of them, that they were un- they were you know involved in some like unscrupulous type you know things and. Who knows what happened there for somebody to find you six days later after you died at age 36. Uh, 1984, NBA fans, Adrian Dantley, some of y'all might remember him. Uh, he played for Utah, ended his career in Utah. Uh, he tied the record for 28 free throws in a single game. And actually, um, he tied that record. He shares the record with Wilk Chamberlain, who got fouled to death because nobody could stop him, like Shaq, like the Hacker Shaq great, you know, Wilk Chamberlain had that same thing going on with him where, you know, basically defenders would foul him to keep keep him from dunking on him. So um, Adrian Dantley, 28 free throws in one game. Uh, 1993, Reggie Jackson, Mr. October, as they called him, was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, your boy wouldn't be here without Schoolhouse Rock, or he wouldn't have graduated from school without Schoolhouse Rock. Back in 1973, Schoolhouse Rock. And, and some of y'all might be too, uh, too old for y'all, but – um, if you grew up on schoolhouse rock, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and the first thing they premiered w- with was multiplication rock. And I can, I'm here to tell you, without multiplication rock, it would have been a tough time for your boy in elementary school. Just know that. 1995, Atlanta Hawks' um, Lenny Wilkins became the winningest coach in the NBA. He had 939 wins at the time. At, and, and for the ATL Atlanta Hawks fans, you all know he didn't get the bulk of those with the Hawks. He played for many other teams or coached several teams, and and that added up. So he became the winningest coach in 1995 with 939 wins. And this past week, I mean, you know, we lost people in, in 2018, but one of the big uh, passings in the entertainment industry was Daryl Dragon. Y'all may not know the name Daryl Dragon, but you probably know the name Captain if you're old enough. Uh, he was 76, uh, part of the Captain, half of the Captain and Tennille, And and reportedly, uh, Tony, even though I I know they've been divorced, Tony Tennille was by his side when he passed away. Uh, Again, he was 76, captain of the Captain and Tennille. And A&M Records, uh, Herb Alpert, who also is instrumental in Janet Jackson's career because Janet Jackson signed her her, um, solo uh, deal with A&M Records, gave uh, the Captain and Tennille full reign. To produce everything and, and no other label would do it. And that's how basically a was able to pick them up. And really the rest is history. They did, you know, they, they were the soundtrack of the mid-70s, 80s. Uh, not only were they big musically, they also had a huge TV career. Uh, they had a 20 episode series on abc tv and their final eight episodes were actually produced by dick clark rest in peace man daryl dragon i I know i threw away my black card for y'all you know i grew up on top 40 i grew up on hip-hop i grew up on funk and all that stuff so you know captain engineer were they were the shit i loved them i mean they did some amazing music and and the music still lives on unfortunately in commercials but that's another story hey y'all just some uh gp3 shorts couple of things um I know y'all saw the headline about Tiffany Haddish, and and that's been a little bit a bit a minute. I think it happened New Year's Eve. But um, the 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 thing about this, a lot of her her friends and even fans are coming to her rescue. Which I will say this, um, you know, every every comedian is allowed to bomb. I think the problem here that a lot of folks are asking her to weigh is how much stand up do you plan on doing with your busy film career? Because most of the great Take time off from stand up to focus on film, and then eventually, when the film career takes a lull, they go back into stand up. Even with, um, let's say, TV, and you look at Seinfeld, they put the stand up stuff on the back burner because, you know, TV is a focus. And and really, quite frankly, I've heard it from a lot of the stand up comedians. Um, you know, stand up is hard. You got to be prepared. You got to be consistent. You just can't jump back in the water and then jump out for a while and jump back in. You got to be in it because your timing has to be right. And, and her timing was way off. So um, I, I agree with, you know, the fact that um, every entertainer has the right to have a bad night. But with the number of movies she's doing, maybe it's just time to just say, you know, I'm going to hold off on doing stand up for a while. Focus on movies. And that's what a lot of folks are saying. And I agree. The other big thing that happened this week, um, Don Lemon made a plea to Kevin Hart. um, And and we all know what's going on with Kevin Hart, the reconsideration of the um, Academy Awards. And, and, And I've got a couple of folks who want to chime in, part of the uh, GP3 family. Uh, they, they follow us, you know, via podcast. Um, and, and I'm going to play their feedback in just a few minutes. But I want to say this uh, about the Don Lemon thing. Don, by the way, is, is gay. Um, and and Don said, uh, because I was actually watching his show when he made the statement, uh, he said the conversation is important to him. And he felt obliged to speak out um, because for many in the gay and black community, the Twitter apologies or explanations are falling flat Uh, to many. They seem insincere insincere, and uh, that he has somehow turned himself into a victim instead of acknowledging the real victims of violent and and deadly, sometimes deadly homophobia. And uh, Lemon went on to say that many uh, people need to keep the conversation going because it's life or death. Uh, he talked about the fact that uh, the black gay community, there are many young uh, black gays who are homeless because their families kicked them out. Their families put them out. And in many cases, their life depends on people or the country or the world embracing them. And, he, you know, again, he indicates it's life or death and someone with heart's platform can be a leader for change Uh, against homophobia in the black community, in uh, the black community. He can be a leader uh, to make changes in terms of how uh, the LGBTQ uh, community is viewed in the black community. And and here's here's some uh, feedback from one of our D.C. listeners. And I'm just going to go ahead and play this.
3: Hey, GP3, this is one of your listeners from the D.C. area. And I just wanted to comment on the Kevin Hart situation. I saw his interview on Ellen earlier this week. And I have to say, I wasn't impressed. It, unfortunately, focused on him. And I know he said that he's apologized and he's not the same person who made those jokes 10 years ago and that we're bringing up something that happened 10 years ago that he's apologized for. And, and that's all well and good. And. I would agree. I don't think that he is the same person he was 10 years ago. And I think everybody has the right and the opportunity um, and and should be afforded the opportunity to grow and to learn and to evolve and that we should extend grace in that manner. But unfortunately, I think he missed the point here is that who he was 10 years ago is not who he is now. And he sits in a different position now. He carries a different level of uh, um, accountability that he didn't have 10 years ago. It's the the same requirement the more you have the more you're responsible for and to carry the audience and the following that he does now and and to want to have the stature that he's professing I think he needs to to own that and so if the requirement is an apology um, what what does it cost him to do that what does it cost him to to be publicly apologetic at this point to my knowledge nobody has found an apology that he says he's given for those comments while he certainly doesn't make them anymore um, People were hurt by that, and people are hurt by the sentiments that his jokes proliferate. And I think that's the point, is that he now stands on a stage much larger with the microphone much bigger and isn't using that platform to publicly say that these kinds of jokes against a community that's already marginalized, that is systemically oppressed, and suffers violence psychologically and physically at the hands of... People around them is problematic, so um, that's what I was looking for in what he was saying: is recognizing that words matter, words hurt, and that he's sorry that those are things that he said. Um, instead, it was, yeah, I, I said I was sorry. I'm sorry, but you know, it was ten years ago, and I, I, he just kept it focused on him, and I think. Anytime we're talking about using our power, being allies, using the privileges that we have to advocate on behalf of people who have less than we do, you always have to center those individuals. You always have to put the focus on the people who have been targeted by the types of behavior that are problematic and what impact is it having on them. Um, And so he might not say them anymore, but... Or he might not make those comments anymore, but but people still do. And his comments give license to other people to use them. And until he absolves himself of them by saying, you know, I get that those are harmful jokes. And that I should not have said that. And that even though I said them ten years ago, they still have a negative impact today. I don't don't really buy his apology. um, And don't really care to see him in a movie or hosting anything.
0: Okay, again, and I want to chime in, uh, I want to say this, and and my my little two cents about Kevin Hart, uh, and I will say Kevin Hart doesn't need the Academy Awards. And the reason I say that, I say that from a rating standpoint, the Academy Awards is at an all-time low. They were down 17% in 2018 from uh, 2017, so down 17%. And last year was the least watched in the history of the Academy Awards. So, uh, in terms of whether or not Kevin Hart absolutely needs to be on that show and hosting that show, it's questionable. It ain't going to make or break his career. But all the things are saying regarding, I guess, the the social impact. That's really what people are saying in terms of the social impact of this whole messaging. And we'll see where it goes. I do want to mention this before I play the next commentator, our guest uh, commentator. And I, I again, I appreciate these folks for wanting to chime in when I put the, I put the call out there for folks who listen to the podcast to to give me some feedback. Uh, I got this via voice memo, so I'm going to play their memos, their 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 feedback. But but the as you guys know, the R Kelly series uh, has been this week, uh, and and I will say to I will say uh, to Lifetime, it it was courageous. And and um, of forgot the young ladies, and here I am doing the show. Um, who who produced this? The executive producers. Uh, it was something that's definitely that was definitely well done. Uh, there, there's a lot of different feedback in terms of what it will bring about, but we'll see. Uh, again, it was six hours. What um, Thursday? I'm sorry, Friday, Saturday. Oh, I'm sorry, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, six hours, two hours a night. You had survivors. You had victims. You had associates. All the commentary. And for me, the last couple of hours, uh, the Saturday night stuff was just explosive. Watching those parents try to connect with their kids after not seeing your kids for multiple years. Uh, it was cult like. It was like watching one of the uh, Scientology documentaries or, or damn, the, the Jones, Jamestown or Jonestown. Uh, it was scary. And, and I just hope that somehow there's closure for the victims and these families who are dealing with this. But I'm going to play this uh, from uh, our good friend, Cousin A.J., my good buddy, Cousin A.J. Uh, He's going to be doing some podcasting with us real soon. Just want to play his feedback.
1: What's up, everybody? It's your boy, everybody's favorite Cousin A.J. Tommy B., what's going on, man, the GP3 Podcast, man? Thanks for having me. So, you know, know, the black community, we got some controversy going on. First, we're going to talk about this Kevin Hart thing, man. One thing I don't like about, you know, the industry and the things that it brings about, they want you to be the perfect person. And as a black man, it is impossible to be the perfect person. We go through what we go through. We grow up. We make mistakes. And we learn. You cannot grow up if you do not make mistakes. It's impossible. Because without making those mistakes, you do not understand the consequences from what you've done. But when you make that mistake and you recognize what you've done, you learn from it. It's a growth. You grow. That's how you become a man, you know. So if I was in Kevin Hart's shoes, I would have stepped down as well. No, no questions asked. Because you're not about to take, you're not about to take my pride, or you're not about to give me an ultimatum and make me feel like this is a must, even though I want to do it. It's something that he Kevin Hart said it, it's on his vision board. It's a dream of his, but it's bigger than that. He said, you're not only affecting me, but you're trying to destroy me. This is something bigger. Kevin Hart's had over 40,000 tweets. To go back 10 years, over 40,000 tweets. To find these and all of a sudden bring them up. So that means somebody took a whole day. When they found out that Kevin Hart was hosting the Oscars. A whole day went through 40,000 tweets or more. To surface these, it ain't like he tweeted the last week know they went through 10 years so it's deeper than what people think it is it's way deeper I believe Kevin Hart made the right choice I believe he is trying to end this controversy from which about somebody is trying to destroy his name or his production because you got to think about it when you somebody who's worked as hard as Kevin Hart and you got to where you've gotten it not only affects you but it affects the lives of so many people that you brought around you you that work for you, could work for you, young lives, older lives, you know, it's, it's bigger than what people think, it's bigger than just the Oscars, <laughs> but R. Kelly, you know, it's, it's a flip side, it's a flip side to R. Kelly, I, I think that man belong to jail, I think that nigga crazy, and I think that he like little girls, he just do, but you know what, He's sick. He's just a sick nigga that know how to sing. But the world's so crazy. He told y'all that he liked them girls. Everybody knew he was with Aaliyah. You know what I'm saying? Y'all can watch this Survivor R. Kelly and bleed them people like, Oh, I was asking him. And the people that say, Oh, I didn't know. And this and that. What you mean? You got to understand the part that you played. You know what I'm saying? You can't shun this man if you ain't shunning yourself. And let's not forget. Let's not forget how fast these little-ass girls is. 14, 15, putting on makeup, trying to be grown, going around grown men. Hey, and I, some of these little girls look grown. Jail bait, but that's to a conscious man. R. Kelly actually did like little girls. He did. I mean, shit. The nigga said it. He wrote age ain't nothing but a number. <laughs> he's telling y'all that he's fucking the girl, but then nobody. Hey, after everybody seen the tape of him pissing on the little girl, you know what I'm saying? This, this ain't no new shit. So y'all bringing up a controversy that could have been handled years ago. This nigga, Peter Pod Piper, this nigga's the Pod Piper R&B. I'm singing to get these young bitches. Hey, hey, the world fucked up. The world is sick, and not everybody is conscious. Just because that man is old does not mean that man is grown. That man belong behind bars. And I ain't feel like I don't even like the special. Because to me, it I, I just don't like it. I don't get it. So Tommy B, man, I appreciate you, man, for having me on GP3 podcast. Get at me, cousin AJ. We'll talk later. All
0: right, what's next? We don't know. Uh, thank you, uh, cousin AJ. Appreciate it and. Um You know, it uh, again, I'm I'm sure Lifetime is going to have more feedback on this R. Kelly thing uh, and they'll be sharing uh, from what I've heard. And and we'll see how it goes. R. Kelly and his uh, representatives have threatened to sue and we'll see where they get with that. OK, let's talk a little bit about government shutdown. Um, I will say this um, and, and, you know, in the in the recent headline in The Washington Post, uh, Trump is suggesting that the government shutdown could last for months or or even years. And I've got to say this. And, and again, it's my plea to the Democratic leadership. It's critical, critical, critical. Please, Pelosi, Schumer, y'all have to point to the reality of this. There are two things that are critical. Um, this guy, 45, ran on a campaign every single speech, every single day, every time you saw him he talked about the wall. Every time he talked about the wall, he talked about the wall being what? Concrete. Don't don't get gaslighted, okay? Because he talked about the concrete wall, a physical wall, okay? People need to remind the public of that daily. Specifically the Democratic Party, Pelosi, Schumer, Pelosi and Schumer, they need to make sure Pelosi congratulations Um, But but y'all need to make sure that you remind the public that this guy promised everybody this wall. Mention it every single day. Every time your mouth opens to talk about this remind him. The next thing is he sat across from them in a meeting where there was Pence, uh, where you had uh, in, of course, uh, Pelosi, Schumer and 45 in this meeting. In the Oval Office, where he said he would take full responsibility, he reached over to Schumer, touched him on the knee, and said, I'm not going to blame you. I'm taking full responsibility. Lo and behold, TV ads are running right now as we speak from the Republican Party blaming the Democratic Party. I said it. I told you all it was going to happen because you didn't jump out there soon enough to basically I would have been playing that video. But you don't see the video now. Hardly ever see it. Nobody ever mentions the fact that he said, it would be a Trump shutdown. So I will say uh, to Pelosi and Schumer, if y'all get caught up and lose this war, it's your fault. And 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 it is a war because, you know, you can't negotiate with a liar. And and what we're dealing with is somebody who wants to lie and gaslight the public 24-7. Uh, one of the things I want y'all to take a look at, um, this is your assignment <laughs> for the week. Uh, there's an op-ed uh, in the Washington Post from Terry McAuliffe, Uh, Terry McAuliffe, I think, was the uh, he led the Democratic Party for a while. In addition to that, he was governor of Virginia. But he basically the title of the op-ed is to beat Trump. Democrats must counter his lies with realistic solutions. And I absolutely 1000 percent agree with him. We need to stick to reality. We need to stop being wimpy and call the lies and the gaslighting out. And we need to basically use the facts against his lies. Um, And voters, and by the way, this is something that came from Terry. This is some information, McAuliffe, uh, from the article. He says voters are now looking for a more realistic alternative Uh, leading up to 2020. Voters must, I'm sorry, Democrats must maintain credibility with a pledge of results that are honest and achievable. Uh, We can expand the Affordable Care Act and take on pharmaceutical companies cartel pricing, uh, pass comprehensive climate change legislation, and substantially raise incomes through minimum wage increases in tax fairness. And basically, he's focusing on the middle class. Uh, And that's just the start, he says. Um, So basically, you know, I agree with him. I think uh, we have to focus on reality. Um, And again, if Pelosi and Schumer can't do this, they can't keep the party straight, then they're complicit. Um, You know, the populism, it's exciting to have all the new um, Congress people, the new House people in. But, you know, the, the stuff that they're presenting needs to be realistic. They need to have a plan and they need to show how this is going to be get how this is actually going to be the things that they're proposing, how they're going to be done and how much money it's going to cost. They need to be very specific versus 45. Who's going to be pie in the sky? Everything is blue sky. He's never going to have a plan. He doesn't have a plan. It's, it's all on the whim so and, and, and if y'all don't believe me when it comes down to whether or not Trump's lying uh, Washington Post and, and several other fact checkers have done a poll and basically uh, and, and it's not a poll it's basically uh, they're they're recapping 2018 and 45 averaged 15 one five 15 false claims a day in 2018. okay just to kind of put this in perspective. In 2018, when the year began, uh, the president had made 1,989 false claims. Okay, false and misleading claims. That's according to fact the the database, the fact check database, and and this tracks every suspect statement uttered by the president. Okay, so keep the number in mind: 1,989. By the end of the year, 45 had accumulated more than seven thousand. 600 untruths during his presidency. So the few years he's been in, he's made 7,600 untruths during his presidency. And we haven't even reached, I guess, the the complete halfway mark. Uh, And that's that's where the average of more than 15 erroneous claims a day during 2018 happened. And and just to to let you all know, that's triple the rate he made in 2017, triple. Another big uh, news and noteworthy thing we need to be aware of is this Elizabeth Warren uh, presidential kickoff. Um, her and, and you know she's doing a whirlwind tour in Iowa. Uh, first of all, I hate to say this, but she ain't gonna win. She's not gonna win. Her opportunity was in 2016. That's unfortunate because the things she's talking about are real things that can that can be done. Uh, and I will say this about Elizabeth Warren: it's unfortunate she has done a good job for us as a senator. Unfortunately, um, you know she's not going to have the opportunity to do this as a president. But a lot of the things would translate if she had the opportunity, because uh, she has done more um, for, or at least focused more on the middle class, probably than most politicians. She is up there with Bernie. I'm not a Bernie fan. I don't believe Bernie. I don't believe Bernie believes Bernie. But I'll leave that. That's another podcast. Uh, but her background is truly self-made, unlike 45. Uh, I think that. What shot her in the foot was this whole DNA thing, running after the whole Pocahontas thing. Um, it's just unfortunate. But, you know, that's what 45, that's what Trump does. He pulls you into an argument. He pulls you in the mud and she's in the mud. She's full of mud. It's going to be tough for her to get get over that. Uh, I think the biggest thing that might help Warren, though, and this is basically for all the Democratic uh, potential candidates, even those uh, there are a lot of folks right now this week, it's been in the news that some folks are actually consulting with Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris, uh, Cory Booker, and a few others. But the Mueller report and the taxes, all that information could be a game changer for anybody who wants to run. Uh, candidly, I think Bloomberg is making more sense than everybody. Uh, he's more sensible and he has the means to really fight And I think him being a New Yorker and understanding 45's mentality and kind of fought him in the tabloids, he knows how to fight him. But the Mueller report and the Trump tax results will actually um, help everybody who's running on the Democratic side, if it will ever be released. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, There's the extension for six months on the grand jury. But I think the longer this thing goes on, the more strategic 45 is going to get in terms of how he's going to bury the report or how he's going to combat the report. And this is going to be a whole lot of damage done in the meantime. And, and and I think the government shutdown is a big example of the damage being done. All right, y'all, don't forget, you can support us. Go to castropolis.net. But also what I want you to do is is, is follow us on Twitter. We need more Twitter followers, for real. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a big fan I don't. I mean, I, I do. I, I see Twitter for topics trending. I love to live tweet when shows are on. But we need more followers on Twitter. So go to Twitter if you follow us on Instagram already. Uh, we're doing okay in terms of Instagram. We need more followers on Twitter. We need more followers in general. Instagram, Twitter. In, in addition to that, uh, you know, you can uh, you can find all the information on the podcast in terms of how to listen live. We'll be back to listening uh, our live show next week. We took off this week. Hopefully, none of y'all were inconvenienced. But you can go to castropolis.net, click listen live every Sunday at noon, and you can listen to the show. Uh, If you don't listen to us live, you can definitely check us out on SoundCloud, uh, Tuned In Radio with the Alexa app, uh, iTunes, uh, and of course, uh, we're on Spotify. So hey, y'all, really appreciate your support. And make sure when you go to check us out, there's a Patreon page. 2019 is going to be a focus to really get our more support on Patreon but we know we got to give you something we got to give y'all something for you to give us something so it's quick pro quo so look for something real soon hopefully you'll like it and, and you'll be willing to go ahead and support us for on an annual basis we look forward to it. Alright y'all uh, Rand is back next week uh, it's been a pleasure loved it uh, I don't like doing the show solo but I appreciate the folks who jumped in with commentary that's really helpful and uh just want to thank you for the support and i appreciate any feedback you can give on the podcast and uh we really love you we, we, we love all of our supporters and we just want to thank the supporters for being there and all those who have stuck with us uh, for damn three years ago. all right y'all with that uh, round 117 the first show of 2019 is in the can and we out of here Peace.
2: You've been listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap SBDG, graphics Lady J. Thanks for listening.